0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So I meet a chassan of mine about six, seven months after he's married. I'm walking down the street, and meet him, I'm like, hey, how you doing? He's like, yeah, great, you know, very good. And you know, like when the, the pitch of the voice just spikes, like, yeah, we're doing great. Like, something's going on. So I said, hey, what's like, what's on your mind? I have a minute, let's talk. So he's like, you know, before I got married, I was in my dira, everything was great. Like, I had my apartment, and my friends, I was happy, I was calm, like, everything was great. He's like, now, I'm married six, seven months, I never knew I was such an angry person. Like, I didn't realize, I get triggered by things, I get upset, like, I don't know what is going on. I don't know what's going on. So I said to him, I want to tell you an amazing story. The story goes that there's this chassid back before the war in Eastern Europe somewhere. And the chassid turns to his friends and he's like, listen, you know, I'm looking for a little spirituality. I'm looking for a little bit of growth. Maybe there's somebody you guys could recommend that I could go speak to. I guess that was like their version of a therapist. He wanted to go have like a spiritual, you know, quest. Like somebody who could really infuse him with a little bit of spirituality. So his friends tell him, there's this rebbe." in a certain village, go there, spend the Shabbos with this Rebbe, you will not regret it. You're going to see Dvarm Shabbat Kedusha like you never saw in your life. So he's like, yeah, really? Yeah, I never heard of this Rebbe. Go there, you're going to have the greatest Shabbos of your life. So he's like, okay. Oh, he travels out there, it takes him a while to get there, he comes, he comes for Shabbos, he goes into the Rebbe's base medrash, he goes over, Shalom Aleichem, I'm here for Shabbos, is there any way I could, you know, spend Shabbos with the Rebbe? And the Rebbe's like, yeah, for sure you want us to spend Shabbos. No problem. Take care of you. We're to sleep and eat and everything. So he's like, great. He's so excited. So excited. Comes Friday night. Comes Friday night. They sit down. The Rebbe makes kiddush. And he notices it's like a pretty, pretty bland kiddush. You know, like the Rebbe makes kiddush. And then the Rebbe takes some, you know, some wine. And the Rebbe turns to this guy, he's like, wow, this wine is good. And this is like, okay. And everyone around the table is like nodding, shaking their head. He's like, okay. And then they go ahead and they wash, and the Rebbe turns, like while they're washing, he turns to some of the chasidim, and he's like, ooh, the the water's a little chilly. (laughs) And everyone's giggling. And he's like, okay, like a little different than I was sort of expecting. And they sit down, and the Rebbe eats some challah, and he's like, Whoa, this challah is amazing! It's so good! And he's like, okay. And everyone's nodding their head, and he's just like, What? Like, I don't get it. And the Rebbe's like, eating challah, and he's like, Oh, I want another piece! And he's eating another piece! And he's like, For my own taiva! And he's eating, like, more challah. And this guy's like, What? Like, I must be in the wrong house. It doesn't make any sense. And they're eating the meal, and the Rebbe's eating some fish and some chicken. And he's like, oh, I'm going to gain some weight. I'm going to have to go for some extra walks this week because I'm going to gain so much weight from the Shabbos. And the whole Shabbos has this reoccurring theme. The Rebbe is just full of himself. And this Chassid is like, what on earth am I doing here? I must have gotten something mixed up. I must be in the wrong town. Or somebody, this doesn't make any sense. He's really confused. So the end of Shabbos comes. And everyone lines up and the Rebbe goes and he puts his hands on their head and he shaves back and forth and he gives them all a bracha. And everyone's like so excited for this bracha from the Rebbe. And this guy comes in and the Rebbe picks up his hands, and he's like, Rebbe, I, 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 I gotta ask you a question. What on earth is going on over here? I feel like I'm in the wrong place, like, I don't understand. So I was like, what's wrong? So he's like, I mean, I don't wanna, you know, say anything that sounds like a little bit of chutzpah, but like, I mean, I don't understand, I traveled here, it took a long time to get here, I was expecting to see like, everyone's raving about how I'm gonna be seeing mifsim and dwarmshib Shabbat kedusha and everything, and and you're, 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 you're pounding challah and you're saying how good it is, and you're, you're, you're eating chicken, and you're like, me more, I need more. like it doesn't make any sense, I never saw somebody who looks like you behave the way you act, I, I, I don't understand so Rebbe says my dear chassid I want to tell you a you said. he says, let me ask you a question when you washed your hands was the water cold? so the chassid is like, yeah, he's like, when you ate the challah did it taste good for you? he's like, yeah, he's like, and when you were eating some of the food were you thinking, wow, this is really delicious? He's like, yeah. He's like, and were you thinking, maybe I'm going to gain some weight? He's like, yeah, so? So is like, you want to know the ultimate kedusha? Be real. Be real. He says, people come from all over Europe because they want to sit by my table for a Shabbos. And remember to be real. He says, "I know you were expecting me to sit there and go what what everyone else is doing, which is also an element of kedusha. So you and all of that. It's it's an element of kedusha, a hundred percent. He's like, but we come here. My message to you is to be real, and when you are real with yourself, that is the ultimate kedusha." Rabbi sell Salanter. He set out to create a base musr. Every yeshiva should have attached to it a base musr. So now what we have as musr seder, as we sit down, we have a a seder for five minutes, ten minutes, we read through Masih L'shasharim or whatever the case is, that was not the original plan. The original plan was to have a base musr that was out in the middle of nowhere. And Rabbi Victor Miller, in his biography, it's brought down that he, when he was learning in Slabatka, he had come across one of these original Batei Musr it was in the middle of the forest in the middle of nowhere and when you opened the door and you went inside maybe there was some Svarim but it was essentially a place to go and think and talk to Hashem and get to know yourself and really be real with where you're holding if somebody comes over to you and say Shalom Aleichem how you doing every person who's watching this video will have the exact same answer Baruch Hashem. How are you doing? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. What's we're, we're, we're amazing? Right? How's your marriage? Baruch Hashem. Everyone's Baruch Hashem. Oh, Baruch Hashem, we're amazing. Yeah, well, Baruch Hashem, amazing. But that's not real. I mean, that's nice. And, and that's, that's good. And we need to say Baruch Hashem, even if things are not great. But at the same time, if you're really having a heart-to-heart conversation with yourself, you're going to be a little bit more real. You're not going to sit there and say to yourself, how am I doing? Baruch Hashem, well, I'm really something special, you know. Hashem is lucky to have me in this world right now. We're a little bit more real with ourselves. And when you're real with yourself, that is an element of Kedusha. And it's not just an element of Kedusha. On all the various levels that we exist, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, it really helps us have a certain amount of Shlemus with ourselves. You know, Albert Einstein, right? Albert Einstein was known for his genius. Did you know that Albert Einstein, he came up with his theory of relativity, which even if we would explain it, would take like a hundred rewinds to fully understand the theory of relativity, right? His theory of protons and, and the genius that he had, the things that he discovered and invented, do you know when he discovered those things? You would think he would be sitting there with a thousand books and he'd be in a, you know, looking through a microscope and be like, aha, I came up with this theory. No, that was not what happened. You know when he came up with his greatest theories? When he was sitting on a bus, just staring out, out the window. When he was walking alone in a field, all of a sudden these things started hitting him. Wait a minute. What's going on over here? He, he became in touch with his innermost thoughts and that's when he came up with the most genius studies and, and, and proofs and theories that the world had ever seen comes from a man who was thinking by himself. He was just walking around and thinking. You know, my father told me when he was working in a certain accounting firm, he said there was this man who made tons and tons of money and he was hardly ever sitting at his desk. So my father turns to somebody, he's like, I don't understand. What does this guy do all day? So they said, oh, he, he walks around. He, he walks around Manhattan, he smokes cigars, he smokes a pipe. He goes out for coffee, he sits on benches. He's like, what? How does this guy make so much money? He's a senior partner in a huge tax firm, and this guy just doesn't do anything all day. He said, no, don't you get it? He's paid to think. He thinks. He sits there staring at the East River, smoking a pipe, and he's thinking and thinking, and his one Chachma a year could be worth $10 million or $10 billion. And that is why this person is paid so much. Because he's in touch with himself. His thought processes become real. They're not just Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. If you're an accountant, every time you meet him, you're like, how am I doing? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. You have any solutions for me? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Chastay Hashem. It'll all be amazing. You're like, hello, my friend, I'm not paying you any money until you start telling me things that I need to know to, to help my business. It's the same thing in almost every single area of our lives. We have this thing at Marriage Pro Called date like a pro date like a pro want people to learn how to date and as soon as I launched this concept date like a pro a whole bunch of people came over to me and they said I hope you're going to stress the most important aspect of dating I said well okay look, tell me what you're talking about they said no you know the most important aspect of dating has to be stressed well what are you referring to the most important aspect of dating is to date yourself Go for a walk. Know what you're really looking for. Don't sit there and say, I need a guy who's gonna, you know, gonna learn a kale for 10 years and 15 years and 100 years because that's what someone told me that I'm supposed to be looking for. Is that really the lifestyle I want to live? Is that really something that works for me? And I'm not trying to discourage anybody from pursuing that lifestyle and even jumping in if you're not 100% ready. But there has to be a realness about my feelings, my emotions, who I am, what like what my makeup is, what's my thought process, what's my relationship with Shabbos, what's my relationship emotionally with myself, am I jealous, am I angry? What is that? When you're married and something goes wrong and you're just like, ah, I'm so upset, I'm just, you're driving me crazy, chances are you're not really in touch with what's fully bothering you. Because if you were, You'd be able to sit down very calmly and say, hey, you know, honey, let's talk this through. This is what's bothered me. Let's see if we could have that dialogue. You could build your Kesher with the other person if you have Kesher Atzmi. You're really in tune to yourself. Every couple has things to work on. You might be married and say, oh, well, we're doing amazing. What, what are you talking about? Every couple, this is a lifelong development. Reverend Victor Miller was asked, what is it that a couple should be thinking about, you know, they're, they're married now 20, 30 years. Like, 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 what does Hashem want? You could understand a person, he's 20 years old, he's 25 years old, he's 30 years old, he's getting married. So he's supposed to be like, wow, I have to change myself. He's like, well, you're married 20 years, 30 years. And Rav Miller said, are you kidding me? He said, that is the time that a person can work on himself through the eyes of marriage more than any other stage in his married life, you're mind-boggling. You think, when, when was everybody working on their marriage? Shonri Shonah, right? You have a few hiccups. You learn how to fight with each other. You learn how to throw a few punches and take a few punches. You learn how not to be so insulted. You learn how to change yourself a little bit. No. Marriage is a lifetime of self-development, of growth, of getting a Kesher with yourself with your spouse, and with the Rabbanish Lelam. We have to understand this idea. This is not just about two people going out, okay, date night again, okay, let's up. No. There's a real concept here. We're building something. And Reverend Victor Miller is saying that you can build more when your kids are all married off and you're now grand grandparent. And now you see to yourself, wow, these are my twilight years, my golden years. What do I have to change to build, to develop? Wow, that to me is like unbelievable, because nobody thinks that. You think to yourself, okay, i got to work the first year or two, and then it's like, okay, is over, great, okay, honey, I'll see you later, i got to do my own thing. No, no, no. Time to build. You're married 20 years, 30 years, time to build something. Your kids are out of the house, you don't have all these distractions, time to build something. And when a couple has something that's bothering them, they're having some trouble, they need to address it. They need to understand the tools that are necessary to really be real with the things that they are dealing with. So many times, I'll deal with a couple. And I'll say to them, hey, how are you guys doing? And again, having a little bit of a real conversation. Things that are off or something's going on. And I'll say, we're doing great. And I even had one person recently, they said, we are the couple of the year. And then we started talking and I said, I just want to tell you something. It's it's so great and wonderful that you think you're the couple of the year. It really is. It's great to hear and think. You know, people think that and they feel that and it's wonderful. But, newsflash, you're not. Not to be harsh, but there are things here that need to be worked on. You can become the couple of the year. There are things you can work on that will help you change and become the couple of the year. But you're not the couple of the year. The couple of the year is a couple who worked on the things that you need to work on. And when you could understand the system of marriage, when you could understand the tools that you need in your marriage in order to propel your marriage somewhere else, then you'll be the couple of the year. So I turned to this Hassan. This guy married six, seven months, and I said to him, I want to tell you something. It's great that you're honest with yourself and you recognize that you're getting angry. That's real. You're now recognizing what it means to have a real relationship with not just your wife, but also with yourself. When you're a Bachar and a Dira, you turn to your friends, you go, ah, that's funny. You walk out the door, they walk out the door. You get into an argument, it lasts for a second, it flares up, it flares down. When you're married to a woman who's going to bring out the most inner recesses of your personality, L'toyv and ra, that's what happens in marriage. That's when you could truly start understanding yourself better than you ever have in your entire life. And when you're able to do that, you can really understand, this is my feelings, this is my emotions, and I could tell you, speaking to dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of couples, that couples who are married 10, 20, 30 years, they always say, wow, I did not know myself as well as I knew myself after 2 years, 5 years, 10 years. The building blocks start at Shannarishayinah. But if you think it stops when you're married 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, it's a complete mistake. It continues going because it's a lifetime of two people building an understanding of each other, of their relationship with the Rabbi Neshlelem, and also, if not first, with themselves. And when you're able to do that, you're going to see tremendous Hatzlacha. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.